Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. Episodes of Home on the RNG. I have not taken off this Batman shirt in the <laughs> longest time. Eighteen games we've yeah. played so far. Eighteen wow. games. Yeah. And not to mention all of the games that I've just played for. Well, yeah, I've played other games for as well. fun over but here. But eighteen I, reviews we have I done. Don't have a lot going on in my life, do I? You you joined a a, a game man's uh, game board <laughs> board game club. Uh, and a book club. Young adult novel. Yeah, see, you're doing fine. Okay. So, uh, today we're going to talk about some of the tropes we've experienced over the last nine games. We're going to talk about which game was our favorite, which game was our least favorite, and which game we found the most surprising. Uh, unfortunately, since we're talking about nine games, we're going to be using this sheet of paper a few times. The nine games we played in this last batch were Super Mario RPG... Remember that one? I remember it, yeah. You had to play it twice? I did have to play it twice. Um, I almost never captured footage for a game ever again. Um, Lufia 2, one of your favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Star 1, a game that I enjoyed more than I was expecting to, considering it's an isometric dungeon crawler. Yeah. And that's really not my jam. Lunar 1, mm-hmm. for the Sega CD, a system which I never played before. Mother 1. A game that I never beat before, despite my massive Earthbound fandom. I feel like I'm talking about all of these. Uh, Dragon Quest Two, which you have something to say about? We played it. Okay. <clears throat> Skies of Arcadia. Oh my God! Talk about this is this is the one time that I get to say I never played that game before. And aren't you glad you? And have it now? was wonderful. <laughs> Final Fantasy One. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that happened. happened. And uh-huh. Trails in the Sky. Really, we played a lot of games that you love on here. We did. And we played yeah. a lot of good games on here. Like, yeah. looking over this list and trying to pick the worst game was actually a little difficult for me. But we're not here to talk about that yet. No. Nope. We're going to talk about tropes first. Uh, and what I've done here is I included all the tropes that we had in our last batch, and then I added a couple that we encountered here. So... By the time Home on the RNG is finished, this trope list will be like 500 items long. Yeah. The first trope we had... Actually, why don't you go ahead and do the first one? Okay, our first trope is going to be... Well, that's a bummer. Priests saving your soul. And, and your, your game. game. And we only had one this time. We only had Lufia 2. It was more prevalent last time. It but, really was. And it sounds like something that's in more games, but... Yeah. Only once did we encounter a priest that saved our soul and our game. But on that train of thought, last time at least half of our games fell into this trope. And this time we had zero games that allowed you an opportunity to join the dark side. 
where the enemy actually said, come join us, and you actually got to say yes or no. It happened about four times last yes, time. Yes, it did. Yeah. Zero, Zero times here. Yeah, certainly. I, 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 my take on that is that we played more, we played a few more modern yeah. games this time, and I, it just makes sense. Well, and I think that, that modern that feel you... also affected the next trope. Right. Yeah, the next trope, that's true. The next trope is having ancient robots in a fantasy setting. We only encountered two, both, well, Dragon Warrior slash Quest 2 and Final Fantasy 1. Now, Russ pointed out before yeah. we started filming that he thought Legends of Heroes Trails in the Sky should be in here because there are ancient robots in that. But it's not really a fantasy setting. That was my counter It's really a steampunk setting. So, there were more games on here that had robots, but none of them were inexplicably in right. a fantasy setting. They weren't setting. true dragon, you know. Next we have the surprise boss. Uh, I like to use Final Fantasy IV as an example of this particular trope, uh, if any of you, whoever's familiar with that, because the game makes it feel like the whole time you're going to fight Golbez. Mm -hmm. we're, fight, we're chasing Golbez, Golbez is murdering people, we're going right. to get Golbez, then right at the very end Golbez goes, oh, I'm cured of my <laughs> evil, I was controlled by Zemus the whole time. So you're like, fine, we're going to go kill this Zemus guy. You walk up and watch people murder Zemus, and you're like, oh, I guess the day is saved. Then Zoromus shows up and says, <laughs> I am your true foe. Blah, 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 blah. So it's that feeling of the story leads you towards one villain and then the end boss is actually this other one. As opposed to, say, Final Fantasy VII. Right. Where it's Sephiroth you the whole time. percent after Sephiroth. So we encountered three games that had a surprise boss. Fantasy Star 1. Because you thought you beat the game. You go talk to the mayor right. and, no, you have not beaten the game yet. <laughs> uh, Dragon Quest Two, Right. And Trails in the Sky. Right. Where all of a sudden, it's a robot battle. Yeah. Which is pretty endemic of, of the Trail series. And and I would say, yeah. And that's interesting, too, because that's, that's a recurring thing that you see in Trails. And it's a recurring thing that you see in basically every Dragon Quest mm -hmm. going forward. Yeah, the first one was not that way. Was... The first one was not that way, but starting from two onward. Um, okay, so our next trope is going to be the silent protagonist. Something that you would think is ubiquitous, right? Right. right? All JRPGs have silent protagonists, except not so much. Not so much, and it's not a favorite of mine. A silent protagonist can be good in certain situations, it's not my favorite. Well, the idea behind a silent protagonist is to allow you to project yourself right. into the main character, which is fine when it's done well, but many times the fact that the protagonist is silent kind of becomes a roadblock. You can actually feel like, as they were writing this, they encountered this problem. Um, we had silent protagonists in Super Mario RPG, which makes sense. Although, they went out of their way. First of all, they called attention to the fact that he was a silent protagonist. And then they had him miming. And like, right. I did like the miming. It was... I think they played with the silent protagonist. Yeah. Uh, Mother 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragon Quest 2. But that's... Yeah. Basically every Dragon Quest. 
and Final Fantasy One, which where all four heroes were silent. They were all silent, no personality behind anybody whatsoever. You had to assign it to them yourself. That and that and I think that's what I dislike about silent protagonists is that they don't have I I I, I guess because I was never like a D and D player or into any of that, I don't really want to have to do the work of creating my character's personality. <laughs> We actually skipped one. Did we? We went out of order. Well, the final boss having multiple forms. Oh. Uh, so, uh, this is also another standard trope. You're fighting the end boss. You cut him down. And he goes, oh, but that was not my final form. So, we encountered four games with that. Again, Super Mario RPG. Lunar 1. Skies of Arcadia. And Legends of Heroes Trails in the Sky all had a boss with multiple forms. This one is a new trope that I've added. And the multiple forms, I feel like, is something that we actually see more of now. I think it's expected. Like yeah, it's absolutely expected. It'd be weird if you didn't get it. Yeah. So this is a new trope that I added based on how often we were seeing it in this batch of games. Oh, I like this one. So it's a fight that you're supposed to lose. So scripted battle. And in this case, I even noted who yeah. you're supposed to lose to. Uh, we had Super Mario RPG, had Yadovich. Mm -hmm. He was the guy with the pole that you fought at sea, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, Lufia 2 had a Gades or God Goddess. I say Gades. Yeah. Um, he was one of the Sinistrals. And that was really early in the game. I remember playing that when I was a kid and him killing me <laughs> and thinking like, how am I supposed to do this? I think I reset the game a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Fantasy Star 1 had the succubus. I don't even really remember her. Uh, she attacks you in your dreams. Oh, okay. And then uh, Mother 1 had a giant killer robot, giant killer robo. And Skies of Arcadia had Ramirez. I, I think a fight you're supposed to lose is interesting from a story perspective, but I hate it as a gamer... Because I go into it throwing everything I have. As soon as I realize right. this fight is way over my head, I go into this thing throwing everything I've got at it. Only to find out when I die. And by the way, like Russ, I'll probably reset it multiple times before I go ahead and let myself die and find out, yeah. oh, I was supposed to die. Right. I love it as a storyteller. I hate it as a gamer. Yeah. Because as a gamer, you feel so defeated. And I will. If you get the same feeling. Which is the point. Defeat. That's what they're trying to give yeah. you. Uh, and I will point out that the I, I don't know if it's true of all four of these, but often when it's a fight you're supposed to lose, you can win. It's just almost impossible. Right. What I like is, and off the cuff, I cannot think of any specific examples, but when you encounter one of those battles and you do win it and the game will like give you a special item or something, if you win it. Oh, Luf uh, example would be Lufia 3 on the Game Boy Advance. You're intended to lose the first battle with Gades there, but if you do, you get, I think it's a sword. It's either a sword or a piece of armor so strong that you're, like, unstoppable <laughs> for two-thirds of the game. See, that's fair. That I like. I like that, and I like, um, this is a game we haven't even played yet, but Final Fantasy 2 slash 4, I like its scripted battle. True. In the, in Mount Ordeals. Another new one that I added, and this is our last trope gambling mini games 
Because these have yeah. snuck into the JRPG genre for some reason. Mm-hmm. Now they're because so popular. the game you're playing is not enough. We have to have a little tiny game within the game. <laughs> right. Uh, Dragon Quest series in particular does these. Because yeah. they have casinos. Dragon Quest has gotten outrageous. We had four gambling mini-games. Super Mario RPG, mm-hmm. in addition to all of its mini-games, actually had a gambling game. Lufia 2. Mm-hmm. Lunar 1. Had a couple of blackjack players you could play with. Right. And then Dragon Quest Two, the lottery game is basically a slot machine. Mm. So those are the tropes that we encountered in this last batch of nine games. And now it's time for Russ and I to find out that we pretty much agree on everything. (laughs) We might not. We might not on this list. Because I know some of Russ's favorite games are on this list. Yeah. So uh, let's let's do the worst game first. Oh, okay. In this nine, in these nine games, let's mm-hmm. talk about the game we disliked the most. I said going in, it was kind of hard to pick a worse game because I don't think any of these games were necessarily bad. They they were flawed, uh, or products of their time. Yeah. But I don't think any of them were actually bad. I did finally pick one. I picked Dragon Quest Two, and I picked it because of the utter lack of narrative. And even, you really had no idea what you were supposed to do. You wandered the world to pick up artifacts, and like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to get that. I guess I'm supposed to get that. I guess I'm supposed to get that. Oh, here's a boss. I guess I'll fight him. It was very unfocused and undirected. Uh, Even more so, I would say, than Final Fantasy, because at least in Final Fantasy, you could see you were fighting to restore the elements. You know, you Mm -hmm. you beat this boss, and you got the fire uh, crystal working again. So there at least was a sense of progression there as opposed to, well, now I've picked up this sword. Okay. So, I don't hate Dragon Quest II, but of these nine games, I would say it was my least favorite. Aww. How about you? I pick... Final Fantasy I. And it all boils down to the combat. It all boils down to the magic system that I hate, the fighting nine wolves and not hardly being able to multi-target anything. Um, it, it, it's, I've said it before, but there's cha- There's two types of challenging games. There's challenging games that are fun, that are really supposed to test your strategy ability. And then there are challenging games that are just frustrating because you're like, how much longer do I have to walk around in this dungeon constantly being accosted by groups of monsters that are taking me like four to five minutes a piece just to get through it for me to take five more steps and I'm already lost in a dungeon so the combat to me just really pushed that over to the edge that it was the most excruciating game to play and as someone that likes grinding which I've talked about I like grinding to get my characters a little bit stronger because the battle system is so tedious, the grinding isn't even fun. Like, sometimes I can just lay back, grind in an RPG, watch a little TV show on the side. Not in Final Fantasy One. It's just so excruciating. And the cons that you talk about in Dragon Quest Two about just sort of wandering around the world and not really having a sense of direction, well, I liked that in the in that there was a sense of exploration. I didn't really feel that in Final Fantasy. Sure. I just felt like... 
like, I don't want to get in this ship <laughs> because I'm going to be attacked by sharks and sahagins and all of these monsters, and I'm going to have to fight my way across this ocean. Now, I will say this. last In our last special, we picked Arcana as our least favorite because it deserved it. Uh, in this one, I'd like to say, in defense of both the games that we picked, both of them, their problem is that they were a product of their time. Right. More than anything, yes. their greatest sin now is just being old. Just being old, yeah. Uh, and we understand that. We get it. But right. we still had to pick one. Yes. You know, and right. we're basing it off of, I just played it, did I enjoy myself? You know, we're not framing it in, I'm eight years old in front of an NES. Right, exactly. Because it's mm-hmm. it's... It's too hard to factor in nostalgia and still have a serious conversation. It doesn't work. Right. So the best we can do is talk about how we felt playing these games now, and under and we understand that you people out there could have very different memories of playing this game, yeah. and that's fine. You get to have your own opinions. That's all these are. Yeah, that's it's just, just. And you're absolutely right. I don't dislike Final Fantasy One. No, but, I don't dislike Dragon Quest Two. But I had to pick which of these games right. I enjoyed I playing the least. I only picked it because it was we played. I feel such a good batch of games this time. We did. That Final Fantasy was the only one on my list where I found myself having moments of like, I just need to cheat to get through it. Uh, our next category, I have ab- I can't even guess what Russ is going to pick for this. Uh, and I added this last time just so we could talk about Great Greed again. This is the most <laughs> surprising game. This is the game that surprised us the most when we were playing it. Yeah. It can be positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just what game defied your expectations. Uh, for me, it was Lunar 1. I'd never played on Sega CD before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it defied my expectations in two different ways. First of all, I thought, hey, CD-based, so it's going to be more like PlayStation level. Mm -hmm. And what I got was a game that could have easily been on a Super Nintendo, except for maybe the bits of voice acting. Yeah. And despite what I see everybody say online, I was not impressed by the voice acting. I thought it was kind of pathetic. Well, it was. But people online, I think, are talking about... I've remakes. seen, I've okay. That might be it. It might yeah. be the remakes because I see people remakes, praising guys. the voice acting. Yeah, I'm like, no. it was, it was there. It's the remakes. So, in on the one hand, I was surprised at, that it wasn't more advanced, and that's on me because I'd never seen a Sega CD. I thought, you know, it's going to be a PlayStation style no. game, right? No, it's we just, weren't we weren't there yet. No, uh, but on the other hand, it was also surprising because it was a very enjoyable game to play. It was just pleasant it was Mm -hmm. comfortable it was kind of (laughs) see i'm going to use this term and i'm going to sound like i've got my head up my own ass using this term it was sort of a platonic ideal of jrpgs it delivered on every cylinder exactly the experience i hoped that it would it didn't it's not the best game that we played by any stretch we played we played better games but I had zero complaints about it overall. It, it it delivered exactly the experience I was looking for in a JRPG. So I was both surprised that the quality wasn't greater from a developmental standpoint, and then I was very pleasantly surprised at the experience overall. So I'm going to say Lunar 1, oh, okay. the most surprising game for me, and I'm really looking forward to Lunar 2. Yeah, that's a very astute answer. That's yes. Very... What was the most surprising game for you? Mine is 
way more pedestrian. The most surprising one was the one I hadn't played, Skies of Arcadia. And why was it surprising? It was surpri- it was surprising how much I loved it. I mean, I had heard people sing the praises of it for years and years and years and years, for 15 years or whatever, and I thought... And, and, it, was, it, and it lived up to the hype. And it lived up to the hype, and it was kind of what you were saying about Trails in the Sky, that you hate it when people gush about something because you're scared. You know, I hear all these people gush about it, and then I'm scared. Oh, I'm not going to love it as much as they did. It's going to be this... It's going to be It's going to be good. It'll be it's fine. it's going to be forgettable. I'm going to come out. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, it was fine. And they're all going to dump on me for right. no reason. It'll be good, but it'll be forgettable in the sea of games. And it wasn't. It's not forgettable. It's probably now in my top ten game. Top ten RPGs of all time. I think we'll do another one of those videos, not anytime soon, but eventually, after we go through many yeah. more JRPGs, it might be worth revisiting our favorites. And it and it it kind of what you were saying about um lunar that it just it sort of hit all the right notes for me it just it <laughs> i don't know what to say about it it was just great my my answer is more pedestrian just because i was surprised how much i loved it i actually thought it had a chance to be the best game for you your best game selection because i'll say yeah. this Moving on to best game, I did pick Skies of Arcadia. Mm, yeah. uh, I had not played it before, and I was shocked at how good it was, and especially shocked to find out that that's the end of it. No sequels, right. no spiritual sequels. The characters were great. The story was great. Mm. There were all sorts of innovations and added mechanics. Yeah, that is something I was surprised by, honestly, yeah. that we're, we're done at one game. Uh, so I picked Skies of Arcadia as the best game that we've played in this batch uh, for a lot of the reasons Russ described. I also hadn't played it before, uh, but even just, we talked about it in our review, the, the fact that they had the characters have expressions on their faces right. mm-hmm. added depth to the characters. No stupid love triangle. No. Thank you so much for no stupid love triangle. Guys and girls... Being buddies. Being buddies. I yeah. love it when I see that because mm-hmm. I have that in my life right. and I feel underrepresented. Ica and Pino As a middle class, straight, bros. white male, cisgendered, <laughs> I feel underrepresented <laughs> with my life. Okay, Chris Pratt. Okay. So uh, that was my best game for a lot of the reasons he said. It was just, it blew me yeah. away. It was really good. So out of these nine games, Russ, what was your best game? Mine's not unsurprising. I. I considered saying that it was Skies of Arcadia, but ultimately I'm going to go with Trails in the Sky. Now, if I had left out most surprising as a category, would that have made it harder to make your choice? Did you feel... Oh, yes. Did you feel like, as long as I can award Uh Skies something, it's okay? I, it would have been, it would have been more difficult. Okay. Yes. Because, because in this way I can represent both games. Yeah. Because I love both of them and I feel like I love them both equally and I, and, and part of probably unfair but part of the reason i chose trails as my favorite i am projecting onto what i know about the rest of the series well and what's interesting is i before we even began this project i knew lufia 2 was your favorite game your favorite jrpg period and we played it in this group and yet you're picking two others over it oh yeah yeah i find that is not my favorite jrpg ever i don't know why i thought it was how could you think it was? Earthbound is my favorite. Well, you ever. have to exclude Earthbound. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, Everything I like, I like to plenty of games more than Lufia. I mean, I love Lufia, but I like so many games. Anyway, um, 
But I just picked Trails because it just, it's, for all the reasons that I said in my Trails review, I, I picked it because I feel like I know those characters on a level that I don't think any human should feel like they know physical, like, fictional characters. I feel the same way about, and you even said that in the review, I feel the same way about the characters in Persona 4 right, Golden. Right, yeah. Like, those are, those are my friends and now. And to me, Trails has those are your the same friends. experience. They are like my friends, and because, and the reason it kind of edged out Skies as well is because... Unfortunately, there is only one Skies of Arcadia game. Ah, uh, but, but you're you cheating to, a bit now. I know, and that's what I'm saying, is you get to follow these characters and learn even more about them over the course of but, many games. But the Skies of Arcadia characters went to war. You got to see them again in Valkyria Chronicles. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I think it should really be no surprise that Trails is my favorite. I'm glad you did both categories so that I could sing the praises of. Yeah, I think I'm leaving most surprising. It was it's it's been effective. It's a nice wild card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's funny? Right. It can and it can be good or bad. Yeah, but both times we've used it for something good. Because I haven't really been surprised by the terribleness of anything yet. Arcana. But I wasn't surprised by that. Actually, going back to the first batch of games we played, you and I were both a little surprised by the horribleness of Breath of Fire One. Yes, I was especially because, and I, I think didn't you really might have brought it. that up in the most yeah. surprising. You might have mentioned that it was. It, I just hadn't played Breath of Fire one in so long, and I was like, "This is, this has way too much content that is not fun." But we played. We played a solid batch we here of games. These were good. Uh, when the lowest points are Dragon Quest two and Final Fantasy one, <laughs> right? Uh, those are the lowest <laughs> points. That's a good batch, right. uh, because there are certainly much worse games out there. Uh, and maybe we'll discover them in our next batch. Maybe we will. I'm a little nervous. Uh, so, we have so many more games coming up. Next time, Russ has selected for us Final Fantasy Legends 2 for the Game Boy. So, that's what we're kicking off the next batch with. Exciting. So, we will see you guys there. Bye. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you.